0: Oh yes, the Holy Spirit is saying to us.
1: back and sealed with seven seals. and A strong angel began to proclaim with a loud voice who is worthy to take the scroll and open up its seals. And a search goes out. A search in heaven. A search on earth and a search under the earth.
2: in which we stand upon, Father, that Christ, you are enough for me, for us, Lord, that there's nothing and no one that can compare to you, everything else is temporal, everything else is of the created, God, you're the creator and your desire that we would be restored back to you through Jesus. Yes. And it's only through Jesus that we can have peace mm-hmm. with God. Yes. So, Father, may we not take it for granted. May these just not be words. May, these, may this moment in time in which we're in gather together, not just be for ourselves, that we're distracted, doing other things, thinking other things. But God, we, we've come to set our hearts and our minds and our eyes upon Jesus. Yes, yes. And anything else that may be distracting, God, help us. Help us to put it aside. Help us to press in, not in of our own strength, but as we depend upon you, Father. That we will learn to be disciplined in our study, in our worship, in our prayer. That we wouldn't neglect the opportunity to come and to worship together. To pray together. To open your word together. To fellowship together. Because it's all Christ honoring. So Father, thank you. Thank you, God, that you've given us yet another day. And I pray, oh God, no matter what we're facing, or no matter what will come in the hours ahead, Mm -hmm. Father, that we would be reminded this is the day that the Lord has made. And you've called us, Lord, to rejoice and to be glad in it. So may we, Father, be your people who are called by your name, so, Father, rejoice in this day in which you've created. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good morning. You're bought with a price. Your life is not your own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God, not through works. Not trying to get right with God. God has initiated this. God is faithful to complete what He's begun in you. As you've heard me say for many years now, you would never ever wake up and say, well, today I think I'll pursue Christ. That's not how it works. He's begun this work in you. The Holy Spirit has drawn you to truth. God is pleased to reveal Himself to you Through his son Jesus. Like, wow. (laughs) Our nature is in complete rebellion towards him. That's the nature in which we're born into. It's the nature that is at war. If you're truly born again, it's still at war within you. Trying to consume your thoughts, your minds. Even in this moment, even in this hour, being distracted by doing other things instead of pressing in and learning what it means to be disciplined, sitting in fellowship with believers hearing the word of God preached. We must learn to have a disciplined life. Because this world is undisciplined. The old nature is undisciplined. We don't come to church, we we don't come to Christ and, and demand. To do it how we want it. What makes it comfortable for us. The style that we like. No, we come for Christ. And Christ alone. And in and of ourselves, we wouldn't pursue Christ. But it's God who begins this work (laughs) in us. It's God who gave you the Holy Spirit. If you're truly born again, you, you become now the temple in which God dwells. He's no longer dwelling in a physical temple, in a physical place. He dwells, if you're truly a child of God, born again of the Spirit, He dwells within you. And this is the new life, the maturing life. You're maturing, you're growing, you're learning to not continue to do what you used to do, but now how then shall I live that honors my God? With all of the distractions that are without and even within, how am I to overcome them and learn how to live out this newness of life? And you see it all through Scripture. (laughs) With this understanding that you were bought with a price, (laughs) your life is no longer your own, Verse 20 says, You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must. It's not a suggestion. It's not an afterthought. Like, you must honor God with your body. And it's not, again, because God is this taskmaster. He knows. He knows what distractions will bring. He knows the consequences of sin. He knows that apart from Him, you and I can do nothing. Mm -hmm. He knows that we will continue to long for the created. But He calls us to fix our eyes on Jesus, Mm -hmm. the author and the perfecter of our faith, that we might grow, that we might mature, that our eyes would be open, that we would live behind enemy lines, that we would live still encased in this flesh that is perishing, but that with within us is not perishing. <laughs> that if you're truly born again, now you you are of the eternal. And that eternal state is with Christ. Mm-hmm. The only other eternal state is hell.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's where your flesh, that's where the world system, and that's with this realm here will love nothing more than to drag you to. Mm-hmm. As I said last week, and I've said it many times, again, you, in and of yourself, Of that old nature, you are bent for your own destruction. That's why you demand for it. And the things that you demand for. With your selfishness, with your arrogance, with your pride. With all the things that you're chasing out there for. All the things you're trying so hard to just to survive. And that's how we live it. But as Christians, that's not how we're called to live. That's why we must be reminded constantly, constantly, constantly. You didn't come, when you came to Christ, you didn't come to a slumber party. Come on now. You didn't come to, you know, just to, you know, kumaya, float around. No, you came to battle. He has called you out of darkness. Mm. And darkness wants nothing more than to devour you. Mm. But greater is He that is in you than He that is in this world. And some of you just need to start fighting. Mm. And what Christ has given you, His strength, His power his sound mind you just got to get up you just got to believe yes. you got to walk it out by faith yes doesn't matter doesn't matter what you yourself says within your own head and your own heart doesn't matter what others want to say you got to get up yes. and you got to press on and press in I don't know, did you get up this morning and did you realize, I'm going to go on, I'm going to church, I'm gathering with the church, we're going to be sitting under the word of God. How many of you fought this morning for our time today? Bet you half of you didn't. You just got up and got dressed. And that's not to put shame on you, but it is to awaken you. Say, wait a minute. (coughs) And that just shouldn't be a Sunday thing. That should be an everyday thing. Mm, How many of you pray for your office before you go in there? Mm. How many of you pray in before you go to this place or to that place? Mm. Or however you live your life throughout the week, what are you doing to engage (laughs) with the Holy Spirit in you Mm. so that you might live out Christ before others, being his hands and his feet. To understand there is a realm. There is a world system, and there is a great enemy that lies within you, your old self, that wants nothing more than to keep you ignorant, to stunt your growth, that you might remain retarded, that all you do is just show up and you do nothing else. As if somehow that's pleasing to Jesus. Scripture tells us you were bought with a high price. Not something cheap. But with Christ himself. Your life is no longer your own. I mean, how many of you can sit and you can do other things and not get distracted? Heck, you can stay awake. You can do all these other things. But as soon as you press in or as soon as you show up, you're everywhere your way. Can barely stay awake. Over here, over there, thinking about this. I got to do that. I got to get out of here by this because I got to do this by this. And we're all over the place. And somehow we think that's pleasing to God. But it's not. You say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I do know (laughs) what you're going to continue to go through. If you don't stop and start giving God what belongs to Him. You. All of you. Start living with that understanding. That's what I'm challenging us this year. Start living with that understanding. And stop trying to adopt Christ to your life when you've been adopted by Him into His kingdom. It's a whole different shift of mindset. This is what you're growing in. Again, we wouldn't have started this ourselves. And so that's why we come expecting, that's why we come rejoicing, that's why we come pressing in. More of you, less of us. And so I love this devotion that I wanted to share with you that I read this week. The scriptures from Luke chapter 5, verse 32, and it says, I have not come to call the righteous, this is Jesus, but sinners, to repentance. Those righteous people, they don't see they need any help. Sinners, <laughs> oh, when our eyes are open to Jesus, like, oh God, we need you. <laughs> you know, if you think you can just make it in this world in and of your own strength, and you just want to slap Jesus on your life, okay, whatever. But that's not Christianity. That's not the true Christ. That's a demonic teaching that's leading you straight to hell. Mm-hmm. But no, he came to call sinners to repentance. Mm-hmm. Unless we forget what repentance is, it's not your tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to feel bad, it's a godly sorrow i sake, I spent a year on it with you all it's a sincere regret and remorse you see your condition and you see his holiness and he's freely giving you he's freely cleansing you and laying upon you because he took upon your junk your wrath that you deserved so that you might be whole that you might live this new life through Him. Now, He's like, it's a great exchange. And then, ultimately, it's a turning away from. You're going in an opposite, opposite direction. I used to live this way. I used to do these things. But this is how I'm living now. That's how you know you've truly repented. A sincere regret and remorse. She said, oh, but I keep going back and touching. Listen. Mm-hmm. You know if your repentance is genuine. Because even if you do turn back or even if you do stumble in. <laughs> oh, there's that great weight of, oh, what am I doing here? Because the Holy Spirit's quick right there to let you know. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Nice. Get up. Yeah. Throw it off of you those who we hear on Friday nights and those who have heard me preach for quite some time and the word, not my words, isn't it interesting that the word of God says when you hear his voice, mm. don't, harden. don't harden your heart. Mm. God's not hardening your heart. When you hear his voice, no. don't get up and go your way still. Don't get up and say, "Well, I can get away with this. I can continue to do this. Surely God's not speaking to me about this. He's speaking to everyone else. Now you're heartening your heart. And you heard him. You know of him. The Holy Spirit has brought conviction. But you have chosen Heart in your heart. Mm. Like, oh God, help us. No, no. Press into Him. Repent. And so I love it when the word says, throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. You, you choose this day whom you will serve. You choose. He's done everything. To give you complete, full access and entrance to him. Mm. Everything's done. Everything's accomplished. We're just waiting for him to take us out of here. But until then, he's purposed you to be here. To be a light. That cannot be distinguished by darkness. So why are you half lit? Mm. (laughs) you ought to be burning bright. You ought to be burning bright. And so I love, as Pastor Jack Hayford says in his devotion, the essence of sin is not so much in the action of sinning as it is in the source of sinning. Self-centeredness and fear-filled self-protection. When our fears seek to mask our inadequacies, pride takes over. Pretended self sufficiency eventually leads to self righteousness, and arrogance forces its rule of vanity as we grow to believe our own lies. But when we fail, I'm sorry, but when we fall before Jesus humbly and honestly, there is nothing personal weakness, inadequacy, failure, sinfulness from which He cannot cleanse, or deliver us. And yet, what's the first thing we do? We pull away from Jesus. Mm -hmm. We make our excuses. We become lukewarm. We just exist. We just become religious. Mm -hmm. And that's not what He has for us. That's not what He's called us to. (laughs) But when we humbly submit, all humility oh god because nothing takes him by surprise (laughs) and yet he still calls us to come humble yourself recognize and then he's quick you all he's quick to restore he's quick to forgive he's quick to heal he's quick to move On behalf of us. If you're truly born again, he desires none shall perish. None should perish. So he's pursuing. He's pursuing. He's not tiptoeing around them. No, no. He's pursuing. He, 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 he's revealing. Through creation. Through it all. He's revealing. Everything. I mean people are going through the hardest and the darkest. Issues of life. And yet there's some type of truth of Christ. Being Brought forth to them. Sown into them. Because he's not given up. Until finally, that appointed hour of their death. Mm. And then I keep asking, what are we going to say to him? You just didn't do enough. It's your fault. No. And that's why he's just. why he's just with the sentence that he pronounces. Depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of sin. You worker of iniquity. You who kept chasing yourself and then created. So go be with it for all eternity. It's all in flames. And that doesn't make him a bad God. Makes him a just God. Because he's not a pushover. He's not a man that you can manipulate. You know, as we do in relationships. <laughs> no, he's God. He's God. And again, the greatest deception is that you're deceiving others, it's that you're deceiving yourself. And that somehow you're thinking that you're in <laughs> when you're not. That your lamp is filled, but oops, nope, sorry, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> And I'm not giving you any of my oil. Like, you've got to live out this life daily, moment by moment. Again, you're called in to a whole new way of living, you all. A whole new way of living. Like, it's just not, oh, I got to go to church now. I gotta read my Bible now. I gotta do this now. And we make it like this this weird thing. No, it's just who you are now. Why wouldn't you? Because mm-hmm. how else then are you going to learn who you are now in Christ? How are you gonna learn how to apply truth? Remember to work hard. Sustained effort. Yeah. It's not how I did it once. Like everything about Christ, his message, his kingdom, everything that God has established, it's trying to be unraveled by this realm, Mm -hmm. by the world system, and by your very nature. And you think, oops, I said a little prayer, I'm okay. Something's wrong, you all. Again, the devil doesn't mind. Yeah. Shh. Come to the altar. Shh. Say a little prayer. Shh. And yet, there's no change. There's no true repentance. There's nothing. There's no power of Christ. I mean, hell has led you to the altar. Mm. And I'm not sure if we're not getting it. And then when it's really, like right before our eyes, we can see what's happening in our generation. We don't have to look back. because We know what happened all back there, but right now in this present hour, Christian faith is being deconstructed. Teachings are going out and they're only going to keep increasing. The level of it all is rising. Deception, delusion, all of it is rising. And then ultimately, there will come one who will step out. Mm. The Antichrist. But the church, the church, we know our assignment. You ought to know your assignment yes. instead of walling around in your circumstances. Oh, poor me, poor me. I've been there. I've done that. I know what that feels like. But it gets us nowhere. No, each of us, again, you are purposed, you are placed in this generation. You've been given an assignment by God Himself to bear witness to His glory. To a world that is being deceived, to a world that hates him, to a realm that you have nothing in and of yourself to stand against. But what you do know is the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Amen. That if we humble ourselves before God and we resist the enemy, He has to flee because He's already defeated. And that's the position, as we studied years ago, we're not praying, we're not living out of a place of defeat. No, the victory's already won. So we're living out and we're praying out of a place of victory. Because Christ won already. He's resurrected. He's ascended. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. He's called his people who are still upon this earth to go forth. Announce the good news of who I am. Baptize them. Disciple them. Because I'm coming. I'm coming back for you all. I've gone to prepare a place. And I haven't left you alone. I have to go away so that he will come, the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know if we're getting it. But I hope we are. I hope that this will be the year that we would truly understand what it means to be bought with a price. That our lives are no longer our own. And so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Because we're to be the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God. And so we picked up last week or we left off last week in 2nd Timothy. That's where we're heading, to finish chapter 3 and 4. <clears throat> so 2nd Timothy chapter 3 Paul is in prison. This man's life was radically transformed. He's no longer a Pharisee. He's no longer this religious man. No. He's been redeemed. Jesus knocked him off his horse. And then Paul comes to understand this call has been on me even before I was born. I would go and I would preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. The very people he hated. Mm -hmm. Like his whole life is changed. And he has endured Mm -hmm. because of his faith in Christ in his generation. But he stood... Time after time after time after time and he's not the only one you all and so we don't puff up Paul and we don't puff up the, the saints that have gone before us <laughs> these Christians even on our days those who are being persecuted those who are suffering and enduring we don't puff them up we don't place them up above Christ no but they are to encourage us to be yes God Increase our faith that we would stand. Yes. Right now, every time the winds of life blow, we crumble. And we're soon to the, neglect you. Mm-hmm. Soon to deny you. Because mm-hmm. we're out in public. Shh. We're amongst family friends. Shh. But I'm praying for them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's the ending. Shh. And I don't make light of it, you all but you understand the destruction. You understand the destruction. I mean, you have to ask yourself, why do you deny him? Why don't you speak up? Why don't you take a stand and say, no, I'm sorry, I'm unable to go that way any longer. Mm. You don't have to yell at them. You don't have to tell them how dirty they are for doing what they're doing. No, no, no. (laughs) You just show how clean you are in Christ and not go with them. Mm. No, I'm sorry. It's nothing about them because it's about you. Mm-hmm. I can no longer go that way. I can no longer talk that way. I can no longer take in that way. I can no can no longer walk that way. Because of Christ. So I'm not making it about you. Because <laughs> it's about Christ and me. So I don't know. But this weird life that so-called Christians live, that we're up today and down tomorrow, we're loving Him now, but then we're going to deny him and put him in the box later. Mm-hmm. That's odd to me. Mm. Me too, bro. Come on, that's odd to me me too, brother. Because mm. I didn't live that way when I was in the world. <laughs> I was who I was. I am who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Gladly. Can. I won't sing the whole song. Please. Come. No, no, that's odd. But it used to be my anthem back in the day. Yeah. I didn't care. It was who I was. And it wasn't celebrated back as it is now. Mm. And everything I did about me was all about me. Yes. <laughs> That's how I live. Within Christ. <laughs> now it's all about Him. Yes. And I don't know the fullness of what it looks like. But every day, I said, God, thank you for the hunger that you give me to keep pursuing you. Because in and of myself, I can't, but you can. And you have. And oh, how great you are. That you would love me. I don't want to deny him. I don't have to demand people to be a certain way around me. I just don't have to go their way. I mean, that's what it really all boils down to. I mean, that's really what you have got to get the, into your thick skull, into your hardened heart. Oh, I'm still making it about me. <laughs> Instead of just letting Christ be revealed in me. Like, I don't have to place my convictions on them. That's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's. But all the sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, no, you cannot continue to go that direction. Lest you forget, you're my ambassador. Like, everything you say and do is to honor me. What? That's kind of too hard. And so we make these excuses. Surely, well, God understands just how sinful we are. What? Uh, Yes, he does. That's why he gave his son Jesus. And you're still acting as if Jesus has not been resurrected. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, you're saying that Christian perfectionism, we're never going to sin. Who has said that? You, that's nowhere in the Bible. But that doesn't give you the right to keep sinning. Because sin is no longer to be your master. There's a way in which you're called to live. So I don't know what Timothy was going through. I'm not saying Timothy was sinning. But I'm thinking Timothy might have been a little bit discouraged. I'm thinking something got back to Paul. And Paul was like, oh, i got to reach out to my brother. i got to remind him. To encourage him. Who have you encouraged this week? And I keep telling y'all, you can't encourage others unless it's a pattern for yourself. Because you can't give what you don't have. Oh, you can probably sell a cheap whatever. A cheap faith. I'm a Christian. And all these weird things people do. And yet your life... I worship, I do, and I... But yet, but yet, but yet, you've made your Christian life about you because you're not impacting anyone else's life. Shh, the enemy says. Shh. Look, he did it just for you. You don't have to share it. Shh. Just go home and go in your own room and shh, celebrate. But when you're out in public, when you're on social media, when you're just amongst the crowds, what? What are we doing? What are we doing? And we think that honors Jesus. I mean, unless you forget the Israelites, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they went to the temple doing the brouhaha, doing all their praying, all their worshiping, and God says, that's a lot coming from their mouth. But they're not even <coughs> in their hearts. Like, we got to wake up, you all. Seriously. So chapter 3, we pick up, because Paul is already addressed in the beginning of this letter, about being a good soldier of Christ, encouraging him to remain faithful, what it is to be an approved worker. And so we pick up reading uh, the ending of this letter. You should know this, Timothy. This shouldn't be a surprise. You should know this. That in the last days, There will be very very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others. (laughs) And have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And i told you before, those are the only people that the Word of God tells us to stay away from.
3: Mm.
2: Church folks who only hold a form of religion, but deny the power of God to transform them. Mm. <coughs> mm. The Bible says you would know them by their fruits. Yes. Oh, they look like they love Jesus. They say they love Jesus. You know, they got their private little worship time. They do the little read, blah, 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 But yet they don't contribute. (laughs) They want everything to be about them. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it their way, they got something to say about the pastor or this person or that person. They're Mm self-seeking. Puffed up. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you hear what was described? And that was... Generations ago. (laughs) And yet it's just increasing. More and more and more and more. And that line really stood out to me this week. They will consider nothing sacred. Think about how people come to church. It should be a sacred time that we're gathering. But people are all over every which way. Up and down, left and right. Here today, gone tomorrow. Busy, distracted, doing other stuff. Even why they're sitting here. Nothing is sacred. Nothing is holy. Mm-hmm. Nothing's honorable <laughs> to God. It's oh, just a pattern. It's just what we do. What? <laughs> when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You so know, we're called to be discipled. How many of you are being discipled? How many of you are growing? How many of you are connecting? We don't consider it sacred. We don't do the spiritual disciplines in which we ought to do, which we're called to do, because we don't consider them sacred. Mm -hmm. And so we just are flippant about it. Bata, whatever, bata, whatever, bata, whatever. I like it this way. Where is that? Where is that in here? They are the kind who work, verse 6, <laughs> their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are forever following new teachings but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janus and Jambres oppose Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith. But they won't go away with this, I'm sorry, but they won't get away with this for long. Someday, everyone will be recognized, I'm sorry, will recognize what fools they are Just as with Janus and John People coming in, weaving in to the church with a counterfeit faith. Running among. Leading people astray. Well, that wasn't my intent. (laughs) And so you're making it out yourself. No, you were just a vessel. And you're either a vessel for the Holy Spirit or you're a vessel for the open demonic realm. I mean, we've got to wake up, you all. These are the dangers of the last days. And this man is being encouraged by a man that's in prison. Chained up. But remember what he said, I might be chained, ah, but the word of God can never be chained.
0: That's
2: right. I'm writing to encourage you. And then again, not just for Timothy at that moment and that hour, but for generations to come. The Holy Spirit knew how he was inspiring Paul because the Holy Spirit was putting this all together Mm
3: -hmm.
2: to get into your hands that you might know, that you might believe, that you might obey. And I love this. But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live. So understand this. Just as it is today. The teachings in which Paul taught, which is biblical, Christ-filled, anointed, empowered by the Holy Spirit, just as they were then, so they are today. People want to do away with 2 Timothy. Get it out of the Bible. We don't need it. They don't like Paul. In fact, take all of Paul's writings out of the Bible. Because they have issues with Paul. So at the same attack. Back there is here. Oh, you should listen to some of these headline preachers and teachers and ministries. Who want to do away with him. It fascinates me. It fascinates me. Do away with him. Rip it out. He's got issues. And yet, he says, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Echidion, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Everyone. Not just those people overseas. Oh God, that's so sad what they go through. (laughs) And you can't even stand up Mm. and encourage other people for Christ Mm. and live it before them. Because you're afraid of what they're gonna say to you, how they're gonna respond to you. Persecution, all of us will feel it. You will suffer for Christ. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. So as those who are following Christ are being persecuted and suffering, the evildoers, the imposters who just hold a form of religion, oh, they're going to flourish. They will not only deceive others, they so deceive themselves, but you, with this understanding, Timothy, with this understanding, TFF, you, in order to counteract that and all that's going on in the last days, you remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust you, you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught by the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach. To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. You understand the purpose of Scripture? Teach you what is true and to make you realize what's wrong in your lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. God uses it to prepare. And to equip. You feel, oh, I'm just not measuring up. I can tell you're not in the Word. You know, when people come at me with all these different excuses as, whatever. They're not in the Word. Well, don't put that on me. Don't become so legalistic and tell me I've got to memorize, you know, Romans and Jude and Genesis. That's not legalistic. (laughs) That's just who you are. The problem is, is why are you so hardened to truth? Why are you hardening your heart? You're the one making it legalistic if you see it that way. No, I see it as freedom. Because it teaches me now then, how shall I live? In Christ. Honoring Christ. Loving Christ. You know, my times... When I'm in devotion times, that's sacred to me. I don't like to be bothered. I don't like it. That's a very sacred time, hour for me in my day. I don't know if you have those times. And you should have those times. That is sacred to you. Turn off your phone unless you're using it. For your devotion, but then don't get distracted when things pop up. Get disciplined. Get disciplined. (coughs) Not because it's legalistic, no, because I'm not quite sure how you're growing. But I can tell you again, when you come at me with all your excuses, and I even come at myself with all my excuses, I can tell I've neglected the word. I refuse to listen to its rebuke. I refuse to to apply it to my life and to walk it out. Not in my strength, but as I depend upon the Holy Spirit. Like, all scripture, all of it, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true And to make us realize what is wrong with our lives. Mm -hmm. So when he speaks, don't close it and then harden your heart. Mm -hmm. And then check off like you've done something during the day. Because that is legalistic. Mm -hmm. Now you've made it about you. I've done my religious duty today. Mm -hmm. Now it changes you, you all. It changes you. And he finally concludes his letter. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word. This is what we're supposed to be doing, you all. Not just me. (laughs) Who are you preaching to? Who are you sharing with? Well, you know, no, I don't know. Stop arguing. lest you stand over their coffin and hope. Oh, what? I wonder. When you had all this opportunity to share, to share. Oh, we got to wake up. got to wake up. Preach the word of God. This is speaking to all of us. Be prepared, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Rather, you're around your little Christian friends and everyone's excited on John 3.16. Yeah. And then you're around your work friends or your bar friends or wherever you're at friends. And the time isn't favorable for you to speak up. The Word of God is telling you Rather, the time is favorable or not. Be prepared to share.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Don't go astray. Stay the course. (laughs) Even when they ask you to preach something new. (laughs) Even when they ask you to do this way or do that way. Everyone's adjusting to what the crowd likes. But you, stay the course. Keep correcting. Keep rebuking. And encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. Oh God, I believe now the time is here. It's been here. And Paul was telling Timothy, oh, it's coming. But the time is here, you all. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers. And listen, remember, he's not just, he's not talking about the lost. He's talking about what's in the church. Because the lost isn't looking. But the church folks, Those are religious folks, though they are (laughs) lost. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Mm -hmm. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you, you, Paul, you don't know my day. You don't know what I'm going through. Every situation, you all. Mm, yes. This is the inspired word of God. It's not the inspired word of Paul. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? Self-control. You've got it. He's given it to you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Why are you denying it? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you growing in it? Why aren't you asking? You recognize it. Oh, I've lost it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the conviction. Help me. Help me. And trust me. He'll put them right back in your path. Here's your opportunity. Here's how I'm helping you. As if we want him just to take everything away. Oh no, that's how you're going to grow. It's going to keep coming right back around. <laughs> the mental strongholds. All of it. The people in your life. The circumstances in your life. Your lack in your life. All of it. Just will just continue to come back around. Teach me, Lord. Grow me, Lord. Oh, he will. Because he loves us. He loves us. So keep a a clear mind in every situation and don't be afraid of suffering. (laughs) For the Lord, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. That's not for some, that's for all who are Christians, who are born again. You have a ministry. You have a service to provide. And you're hoping others will do it for you. Oh, no. You're supposed to be contributing. You're supposed to be sharing the gospel. You're supposed to understand that you will, at times, suffer. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. What is this? What is this? What is that? Don't be afraid of it. Jesus already told us. Like if you're truly a Christian, if you truly know who He is, like you understand how He has impacted the world, and now He's calling you out of it. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I love this. This is a, this is so encouraging. You said what he's talking about is death. No, it's so encouraging. Paul has fought the good fight, and he's not pointing to himself. He knows what Christ has done in and through him. The time of my death is near. And i said this should be what every Christian should be striving for, that we get to the end and be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Would you finish well, you all? Be charged with that this week. Fight the good fight. <clears throat> remain faithful. Just live well, you all. Even in your mistakes. Get up. Live well. Don't retreat. Don't crawl back in the corner. Don't go back. No, you want to be fit for the kingdom. Put your hand to that plow and keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. What are you gazing back there for? No, stop. (laughs) Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. And has gone to Thessalonica. Paul has some characters around him. Oh, they look good for a season. That's why you're not supposed to be shocked. Don't be shocked when people fall out from faith, when they go chase back out the things of the world. You understand? The anointing and and the power that was on Paul's life. But it's not about Paul. Paul was running his own race. (laughs) But he has some characters around him. Well, Paul, what kind of company are you keeping? (laughs) Look at the people that surround you, Paul. They seem to be up today and down tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing on. I love this. (laughs) He's gone. (laughs) Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left in Cyprus Cap- at Tros. Also, and I love this, bring me my books, especially my papers. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. But the Lord will judge him for what he has done. So be careful of him. Paul's not gossiping. I mean, huh, he's just telling the truth. Timothy, you better understand that. Be careful of Alexander. For he fought against everything we've said. He looks one way, but he's tearing down everything we're saying. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. And I love this. Listen to his heart here. May it not be counted against them. I'm not holding it against them. But the reality is they all left. they all scattered. Where'd they they go? Where's the supporters now? Where's everyone that's following the ministry? What happened? (laughs) But he doesn't hold it against them. Because I love this. I love this. This is where... His source of hope comes. It's where our source of hope comes. Let everyone desert you. (laughs) But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. Ah, don't miss this. Don't miss this. So that I might preach the good news in its entirety to all the Gentiles. To hear. And he rescued me Oh, from certain death. Yes. yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely and to his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I was brought in to these judges and to this court. I've endured the beatings. I've endured being chained in prison. I've endured being treated like a criminal. And just when I thought I would have the comfort of my friends and my fellow brothers and sisters with me to endure all of this, I look around. Mm -hmm. They're gone. And they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. But God was with me. And not only was he He with me, he strengthened me. And he gave me a platform in the midst of my suffering. Yes. (laughs) In the midst of everyone deserting me. Mm -hmm. He gave me a platform to announce the gospel. Mm. See, I don't know what you're suffering. I don't know what platform is going to be set before you this week.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But if you make it all about you and your miserable and your trivial little life, <laughs> God help you. Your heart and your heart. Start using it as a platform. God, you're with me. You're going to strengthen me. Give me the opportunity to share the Tell someone about Jesus. I mean, come on, you all. This is how we're supposed to be living. This is who we are. He says, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and those living in the household of Onaphros. Erastus stayed in Corinth and I left Trophimus sick at Miltus. Do your best to get here before winter. <laughs> uh, Eubulus sends your greetings sends your greetings, and so does Putins, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. (laughs) May the Lord be with your spirit. And may his grace be with you all. all. (laughs) I mean, this is beautiful, you are. This is absolutely beautiful. This is what God is doing. Then, and what he's doing now. We keep focusing on the temporalness of this life, we are of no fit for his kingdom, you all. And it's not because I'm saying it, but this is it. This is what we're called to. I can't I can't be accountable uh, and, and then just stand up here or have the opportunity to share with people no matter where I'm at and and, 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 and preach a, a false Jesus. No, I care more about people's eternal souls. <laughs> Their eternity than their temporalness. I thought all the temporalness of life could offer, but nothing can satisfy me like Jesus. Nothing. Jesus, you all. There's no one else like him. I mean, he's not a good time, bedtime story, he's not this other, oh, just another religion. <laughs> He's just a good man. He's just one of the prophets. He's just this or he's just that. No. Like he's God's son. He's God. In flesh. Coming to save and redeem a dying creation. That he might restore it back to its original intent. Ultimately to reveal his glory, and his love. I mean, come on, you all. I want you to go to John. Gary, this isn't in the notes. While I was in prayer this morning, as we were sitting up here, I was just taken to it, and I want to share it. John 15 is where we're heading. If you've been around long enough, it's not a a portion of Scripture that we're It's strange to us, or it's something we've never read before. But these are Jesus' words. And we're going to go read through John 15, and then we're going to carry on into chapter 16 to verse 15. Again, the the understanding is that we've been bought with a high price. (laughs) Our life is no longer our own. And so with this truth, with this understanding, hear the words of Christ, hear the words of Jesus. I am the great vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified, By the message I have given you, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you could do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch that with, and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. If you remain in me, and my words and my words <laughs> remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you. Even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Highlight that. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, yes, Your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life or one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is the command. This is my command. Love each other. But He doesn't stop there, you all. He doesn't stop there. He's just laying out a foundation to prepare for what's next. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. I would encourage you to highlight this next verse. (laughs) The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master, since they persecuted me naturally. Naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they would listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me. For they have rejected the one who sent me. They would not be guilty if I had not come and spoken to them. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my Father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. But as it is, they have seen everything I did. Yet they still hate me and my Father. This fulfills what is written in their scriptures. They hated me without cause. But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. And you must also testify about me. Because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. These are Jesus' words. He's laying out this ground-breaking truth and understanding. I'm the true vine you must remain in me. If you're going to grow, you must remain in me. If you're truly one of my disciples, you must. It's not a suggestion. It's not when I feel, oh, I feel like I can do it, or today, maybe today, maybe well. No, no, no. You must. You must obey. I love that he doesn't say in this portion of Scripture, but he says in another portion of Scripture, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? You don't even do what I say. Those who love me obey. Just as I love the Father. And the Father loves me. And then he moves on, he says, and because of this, because of what you've been called into, what I've chosen you and pulled you out of, you're going to be hated. Because you love me, because you obey me, they're going to hate you. And that's a strong word. If they love you, you're not of him. Especially in this generation. If you're not feeling the pressure. Something's wrong. Mm. Something's wrong. I'm just going along with them. No, we can't continue just to go along. All that they did to Jesus. All. Expected, all. Yeah. Expect it, you all. Expect it. And consider it joy. And your joy is going to overflow. <laughs> and then look. He transitions from this this horrible picture. Because it is. It's a, I don't make light of it. It is a horrible picture what people having are having to endure for their faith in Christ. What people are suffering today and what they've suffered before us and what they suffer ahead of us. But yet here's such comfort that he gives. But I will send you the advocate. He goes on in chapter 16, I have told you these things so that you won't abandon Your faith. Wow. Wow. For you will be expelled from the synagogues. And the time is coming when those who kill you will think they are doing a holy service for God. This is because they have never known the Father or me. Yes, I'm telling you these things now so that when they happen, you will remember my warning. I didn't tell you earlier because I was going to be with you a while longer. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it is better for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world. Here's the role of the Holy Spirit, you all, (laughs) as it's been. He will convict the world of its sin and and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Mm. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Mm. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He reveals from me. All that belongs to the Father, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. The Holy Spirit's never going to lead you astray from Jesus, you all. He's the one that begins this work in you, that draws you to Jesus. He's not going then to be indwelling in you to lead you away from Jesus. So test the spirit, you all. Yes. Who's leading you? As you go day by day by day by day. Mm. And so now I'm going to stop here and I'm going to take communion. And so as this song is played over us, I will pass out the elements. You think you, you will be okay? Yeah. That's how oh. I hope. Okay. Well, Norma will pass out the elements. I'll go and do it, brother. Oh, well, thank you, sister. I'll go help her. Allow these words to encourage you, allow the Holy Spirit to have an opportunity just to bring conviction, repent if needed. Don't take these elements and not consider them sacred. (laughs) No, take them because we do this in remembrance of him.
0: You gave thanks and then you said, this is me, broken for you. In the same way you took the cup, your new covenant of love. And you said, this is me, poured out for you.
3: that you laid your life down for us. Yes, even before we were born, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for allowing us
0: to remember you. Jesus. Jesus. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. I take the bread.
2: that, would you
0: pray over the cup? Lord, as we've spoken, this is how we remember that your blood was shed on Calvary for us, that you died for us, you took our place, you took everything of ours, Lord, but then you rose again, so Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, thank you that this represents, for for this time.
2: That it is a remembrance, and we do it unto you, Lord. We give you all the glory and honor for all things in Jesus' name. Take the cup. I'm going to end today just sharing, because I'm not sure how many of you read what um, Carrie posted about the ministry that we're collecting for this month. And listen, there may be some sitting in this room, maybe some listening online, some maybe listening later on in the podcast that has had an abortion. You can be restored, you can be healed.
3: Amen.
2: You can be made whole. If you're in Christ, God has forgiven you if you've truly repented of it. But the act of an abortion is barbaric. And I was shocked, and I'm always continuing to be shocked by the numbers that I see. So this month, we have an opportunity to sow into this incredible ministry called Preborn. And the link is there for you to read up about them. hear the testimonies of these women, have how they've been served through the love of this ministry, and how lives of these babies have been saved. Over eight hundred thousand babies each week, each week, are killed at the hands of an abortioner. But preborn, this ministry is dedicated. It's a pro-life organization that supports life-affirming pregnancy clinics, and their mission to reach women considering abortion, particularly in high in areas with high abortion rates. And this is achieved through digital marketing strategies that are designed to connect with these beaten women, offering them free ultrasounds and support, as well as providing pregnancy clinics with vital grants for state-of-the-art ultrasound machines. They also receive evangelism training and additional resources are provided through this ministry. All services provided to expectant mothers within the preborn pregnancy network are offered at no cost, emphasizing our commitment to life. All that preborn does is motivated by a desire to see the gospel of Jesus Christ advance and God glorified. Prayerfully consider you all. Giving this month to help this organization achieve this goal of spreading the gospel, And saving lives of these precious babies that are in their mother's wombs. And this is what we have an opportunity to sow into. And impact these communities that these ministries and these clinics are in. And when you go and you read through these testimonies, I get, you know, and I've heard some of the testimonies. And I've seen the women speaking. And I just go, wow, God like their pain and their suffering, where they were, where they're at, and just this encounters that they had with the the staff and the people of this ministry, how God just revealed himself. Not, you know, not only just to save the life of this baby, but the life of the mother. Mm -hmm. And in some testimonies, even the life of the father. Mm -hmm. And it's just so incredible to see what God is doing in the midst of all of this death and destruction and so we as a little small community can do our part so just prayerfully consider you all how you can sow in this month it's a month of of love you know the world sets us aside for valentine's day it's a month of love everyone's looking and what a greater sign of love than to give and i usually don't stand up here and and get going elaborate conversations about who we're giving for but it's a brand new ministry. I had no clue they were even out there. I've just been tracking them over the past few months to make sure they were solid. Because I don't like to introduce anything to us that's not solid. But the more I'm learning, the more I'm connecting, the more I'm seeing I'm just like, wow. Like, they're, like, they're, they're kind of like hidden away, but they're so effective. Like so much is happening through what God has called them to. And lives are being impacted. So I wanted to end today on that. So I'm going to close this out with this last song of worship, and then I'll close us in prayer. E There's none like you. (laughs)